Hello and welcome to Battle of Podcasts. Finally! <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Miss Mallory. I'm Temu. And we are here to talk today about, I guess, love again. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> I guess. Uh, before we get into it, all right, so we were trying to struggle for a question, and then it kind of just came to me as it usually does, because sure. it's usually whatever's going on in your life that you want to ask. Mm. So my question is, is, have you ever, or how do you handle having, like, not thought about someone for a really long time? And then they suddenly come in for whatever reason. Maybe a memory pops up. Maybe you're drinking a drink that you used to drink with that person. Aww. Maybe you, like, see the theater that you used to go to all the time with that person. Mm-hmm. Or for whatever reason. A song cops, comes on and you're like, oh, my God, we used to sing that together all the time. Oh, that happened to you, too. <sighs> yes. So. All of this is about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So if that happens and all of a sudden you get all those feelings, like you haven't thought about this person maybe for like five years even, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it comes back, maybe you feel that old residual anger or maybe you feel sad all over again and then all of a sudden you're rethinking everything and it's just becoming this good huge bundle of emotions and you suddenly are just like, why is this overcoming my life? I thought I came to terms with this. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Yeah. Like what What do you do in those sorts of situations? Well, do you, you allow go, yourself time? Or yeah. do you just say, shut the fuck up, Mallory? No, you walk through <laughs> it. You feel it and you go, you know what? I wish that person all the best. Hope they're doing well in their lives. <laughs> Does that happen to you frequently? Um, it typically happens because I'm slightly estranged from one of my friends now when I drive past their home mm. or, you know. I'm on the highway and I'm like, oh, you know, they live literally right there and I don't see them anymore. (laughs) And um, that slightly irritates or, you know, they post something on Facebook and you're just like, really? (laughs) Okay, cool. That's nice. Yeah. Or, you know, like I'll come across something even on Instagram and I want to at them at with it because it would be something useful. And I was like, yeah, nah, but I hope they're doing well. You know, that's all you can ever wish for for anybody. And that's what I would want other people to wish for me. I hope that you're doing well, even though you're an asshole. (laughs) That's kind of where I think I get to as well. Uh, I think it takes second for me within that moment because then I'm thinking too much. I don't know how long it takes for me to be like, Oh wow! I well, you just got pretty heated. When we were talking about it before, so uh, it just felt like it was real fresh. Well, I mean, that for one you. was the raw. Is really new. <laughs> that one was kind of raw, and I also like it. Just was what it was. But other ones, I think it's more just like it's like an irritation. Like if someone else brings up the name of that person mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and then you're just kind of like. Why do I care? Right. Yeah. Like, who cares? Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks for letting me know, I guess. Well, that did happen one time when I had stopped talking to White 2. And then one day I woke up and I was like, I got to delete them off of Facebook. And that was the day I found out that they were getting married. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) That's why I needed to delete them. Sticky Wicket. I did not even know that. So, you know, stuff like that happens. And then you're just like, delete. Wasn't he the one who wanted you to meet her? Yeah. Yep, yep, oh, yep. how we live our lives. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes those things happen, but... Did it take you a long time to get better at being like, oh, just let that go? Yeah, and especially I held on a lot with all the things that happened between me and White 2. So, you know, I shut myself down after that anyway. Right. Um, I think it's just as you continue to tr- at least 
which is always the goal, is to continue to morph yourself, evolve, and think about things differently. What's the point of me keeping that shit with me, right? They're not keeping that shit with them. They're not sitting up here going, oh my god, I wonder what Tamu's doing today, blah, 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 blah. No, (laughs) if they were, they would fucking text, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, either... I, if I'm wondering how they're doing, I could suck it up and text or reconnect in a different in a way, and I choose not to because fuck that. I'm worth you reaching out. So yeah. at the end of the day, for me, it's all about my worth and the fact that I am a good person Aww. and deserving of people to treat me well. And if you don't treat me well, you don't deserve my time. So kind of where I land these days wish them all the best light luck and love or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be it kind of reminds me and i'm sure you don't mean it in this way but back in college i used to i called her auntie rocks no i don't mean it that way (laughs) but i would have conversations with her because uh she was one of the dormitory people Mm -hmm. and so i'd go and i would chat with her and there was someone else who was working there who who's a motherfucking creep and i didn't like being in the same room with him Wow. Later, after I graduated, he ended up going to court over the fact that he was a pedophile and was trying to touch his stepdaughter. Ah. And I was like, of course he was. (laughs) Prior to people finding that out, however, I loved Andy Rocks because after, like, I came in to have a conversation, I was like, I don't know why people even discuss things with him because Mm. he's just oozing disgustingness. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, he likes to come in and talk about his accomplishments and just like boast all of these things, but never talk to anybody else about their stuff or or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so she's like, I just have a secret code within myself where when he says all this stuff, I just say, good for you. (laughs) And she's like, and between the tone, at least I'm saying something nice, but I know in my head it's big, go fuck off. Sure. (laughs) And I feel better inside. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, so that's, doesn't sound 100% healthy, but no. whatever works. No. Whatever gets you through the moment. But that kind of reminded me, it's like, I wish you well. And it's like, oh, I mean, like, if you, depending on how you say it, it could be like, oh, go die in a dumpster fire. Pretty much. Or, but I never mean that. I would never do that. I would never wish that on anybody. No harm. No harm. You actually do mean. I mean, sure. To a degree. <laughs> I try to say it and mean it inside myself and not be bitterly hurt because they crush my soul and spirit. But, you know, that's, you know, how you you do it, right? You just keep saying something enough times that you believe it. I suppose that's that's a good way to put it, whether or not that's healthy, too. But I suppose it's healthier. Because for me, it's, <laughs> it's healthier than wishing them dead. Well, I, for me, I don't wish them dead. For me, it's more of like a uh, neutral. A dumpster fire. <laughs> It's more of like a neutral, like, I just don't want to have feelings at all about it. Mm -hmm. And so getting to that point of just having good feelings about it. Right. That's ever possible. I mean, that's a stretch. But you can feel ambivalent. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of usually how it ends up being, where it's like, oh, okay, all these things. All right, well, I just don't have feelings anymore. It is what it is. That's cool. And then you're like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Matters not to me. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, do you want to do our podcast like this picture? Oh, sure. I guess so. Make all the noise now. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Let's see. Can we podcast? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> Who knows? We've probably been taking pictures this whole time. It just is a black screen. 
What? There it goes. Oh. This is going to be weird. Yeah, I got a, it's it's a painting. Oh, kinda like... I don't see our faces changed. Okay, now it's faster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We are the worst. This is how we have podcasts. Or just... <laughs> All right. I feel like... I feel like what we need to do is do a selfie in front of this dreary weather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. Right. All right. That should be sufficient for now. Turning it. What? What? It doesn't mean that one. You did that last time and it was just like. True. It just did it again. Yeah. Right as I went like this. That's what you get. Do you like the drink, by the way, or is it too? Yeah, it's very refreshing. I didn't know if you needed it sweeter. I didn't bring sugar, but I figured we didn't. Need All right, so let's get into it. Okay, we're into it. <laughs> All right, so we uh, read a book called How to Date Men When You Hate Men by Blythe Robertson. Robertson? I thought it was Robertson. Whatever. Mm. Hey, Blythe. <laughs> She's probably going to listen to this podcast. Okay, so let's talk about the origins of discovering this book because you had heard about it already. Well, I had seen someone, like one of my friends, uh, Shelly, who's a wonderful hairstylist in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. If you ever go, go to Paper Salon. Nice. She's wonderful, especially if you do colorings. Anyway, I saw that she had posted a picture of her, like getting the book, borrowing the book, something. And then literally everyone started sending it to me. <laughs> and it was kind of sad. It's, yeah. Isn't he that, sent it to me. I think Jim sent it to me. No, Jim sent it to me to send, and I, I sent it and to you. You sent it to me, I think. From Jim. Yes, from Jim. Mm-hmm. I know that I think my friend Jesse sent it to me. <laughs> um, my friend Robin, I think, may have sent it. Like It was like in that same day sure. I had five people and I was like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> If the book Don't fits, if the book fits, <laughs> the name of the book. <laughs> All right. So, of course, we had to read it for this amazing podcast that we do. And let's get your first thoughts, since this is really a more of a millennial's tale of how things are now. Uh, I have mixed feelings about the book. Okay. Mainly because, like, I like the message of it. And I feel like Blythe is probably a 2.0 version of me. Yeah, <laughs> I think she gets over it. You two would really hit it off at a bar. <laughs> but the difference would be is I'd be like, I don't, the point, like, it's not a how-to book. She says that it's not a how-to book. But the difference between her and I is that I can't get over the hump. Right. And she's like, men are horrible. Also, I want to kiss them. Right. And so that was the hard struggle for me. It was mm-hmm. like, but Why? <laughs> Okay. Why? And she, because everything she states, and that I actually, um, especially since we were reading two books, I was like really reading fast through it because I was like, we agree on pretty much everything ever, 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 ever. You and Blythe? Yeah, like a lot of the things that she talks about, a lot Uh of it, I was like, yep, yep, we're there. Mm -hmm. Um, She mentions the fact, like, I liked when even she got to marriage because she doesn't want to get married, Mm -hmm. even though she wants. To, to be kiss, with everybody. To kiss lots of boys. But she brings up that fact of saying women who get married are more likely to get murdered like, <laughs> by their husbands. And I was like, exactly. Well, she said they're more likely to die. To die. Yes, because men suck up all your goodness. Here, I'll read I it because I highlighted it. <laughs> oh, she mentions that a couple of times because men are more likely to live longer if, where it's the opposite of women. Right. 
So here, I'll read it. Studies show married men compared to single men live longer, accumulate more wealth, do better in their careers, are less likely to suffer from alcoholism, addiction, or depression, are less likely to die a violent death, and report being happier. (laughs) (laughs) Married women make 7% less money and are more likely to die a violent death because their husbands kill them. Because they're happier that way. Unfortunately, trying to be good at relationships means following a course that has been set for us by countless rom-coms and books and ads from the scam diamond industry telling us every kiss begins with K. And she said something about she didn't understand what that joke meant, but whatever. Oh, she didn't realize until her 20s that the K was the the joke. Every kiss begins with K. Uh She didn't understand. Oh, okay, cool. So... (laughs) So for her, by being a girl who likes to be good at things, I'm basically digging my own grave and waving up my laughing, waving up at my laughing husband who is now living longer due to having siphoned the life out of me, his hot wife. Yes. So basically, they suck. The, they're succubi. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. That's cool. And I mean, when you look at it in the systematic patriarchal everything, it makes sense. And I think we've mentioned this before too, where. And I think it's slowly getting better, mm-hmm. but where women are constantly no, like okay anyway to do and know how to emotionally take care of things, and men are told not to, right? And so it makes sense because who's the only person that they're willing to do these things with when it comes to emotions is their mother and their partner. They right. don't do it with their friends, their right. guy friends, anyway. right? 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 So it makes sense because then it's like okay, not only does this woman have her own life to deal with, but then she also gets to be the caretaker of yep. this other person as well and other humans that decide to be born of them right mm-hmm. so it all really makes sense when you look at it from a from that point of view sure um but that it just was interesting i really what i enjoyed about the book and what i apparently means more that i enjoy about Blythe is that she's able to see the problem and then also say, but it's fucking fine. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to kiss boys, so I'm not going to, like, just because I like to kiss boys does not mean that I am boy crazy or that it's a bad thing to be boy crazy. Or it's not. Mm-hmm. So I like that positivity, positivity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It just, it was difficult for me because I'm like, but because I can't get there. <laughs> Why do you th- where why do you think you have a block? I well I just I, I mean I think a huge part of it was I had my own situation. Um, I know a huge part of it is what happened in my family. Mm-hmm. So that being like that's a huge one that I'm like I mean that's just plain trust issue. I would probably have to go back to therapy to be like okay now I need to get through this because I can't. Well, let's talk about that because it's very interesting that she wrote this book. Not having been in therapy at all. Oh, that was, I was like, okay, that was a huge, (laughs) okay, because as soon as she said that, I'm like, all right, I know now that you probably should have, definitely. Yeah, and she mentions it a few times to say, like, I should probably go into therapy, but, you know, I can't figure it out in my life and all this stuff like that, and I'm just thinking... You're writing a book that people are going to kind of lean on to kind of help guide them in something, and yet you're not trying to help yourself. So that, to me, so it felt different. Well, because she's playing into... Sure. It's, a, it's like something... And then maybe that's the reason why I had that, like you said, like the problem, which is you're clearly seeing this as a problem and you're just playing into it mm-hmm. rather than being like, 
or we could change this a little bit. Right. She also continually says throughout the book, except why is it a problem? Why is it a problem that like I want to kiss every single boy and have a crush on a billion people in it? I'm like, I see your point. Mm-hmm. But how do we know what's healthy and what's not healthy if you're not looking into it? Right. Working through some of the things. A little bit of them. You know, I mean, <laughs> I know I'm a big old therapy stan and, and I will say it 100% of the time that therapy is a really good thing it's not for everybody and it's not for everybody you know for their lifetime I mean it's good to help people get through certain situations and then you can kind of start to cope and figure things out on your own but I think she could use some therapy (laughs) (laughs) that was the part that I was just like so we're you know this is the second book that we read this that's kind of this way although I think that Lane did go to therapy. Lane did go to therapy, and I was going to bring up the fact that I actually enjoyed this book more. Yes, so because did Because we mentioned as soon as we were done recording and editing it, we both said we were a little too... Cynical. Well, not just cynical. We, we said <laughs> yeah. that during the interview. We both kind of said, you know what? We gave her a huge pass mm-hmm. for her privilege. Mm-hmm. We didn't really go as much into it as we wished we had. The difference with this one is I feel that she brings it up often enough to say all the time to be like, by the way, like I'm a disabled white woman. Sure. And then she brings up all the facts of these other things frequently enough Mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, I feel like there isn't as much. She's not bringing up all of her accomplishments as much. Sure. To to bring it. It's like, it's a main focus. Right. And... I guess if you looked at the book as a whole, that's the other difference between Blythe and I, is I don't think about this as much. 90% of my day is not this. True. And that's where I worry where, like you said, the therapy aspect is I'm like, is this real? Like, I do know people who are like this, though, who it's like, I mean, it's it's problematic. Sure. Because, and it's my biggest fear when I live with people who are dating because it's like, your brain kind of goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what about the rest of your life? Sure. It doesn't really affect me as long as these things are still being taken care of as we live together. Like, those are like my kind of like concerns. Because I've been with the person who forgets about everything else and it's just about the boy. And that's where I'm like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. Because that's what they were... That's, you know, their focus was trying to get married and have children and, you know, do the, the typical thing that occurs in our society. What's interesting about what Lane, Lane, sorry, what Blythe is saying is that there's a shift happening, you know, and it's happening super quick. So we're not being able to catch up because right now it kind of feels like you can literally write your own story, chart your own path as to how you go about this love thing. And I'm using quotes in in that. Um, I did appreciate the fact that like she did once again mention this, the notion of the fairy tale, right? Like, is it really real to have that fairy tale movie style, like, happy ending? And she was like, yeah, I mean, it could happen for a little bit. But then at a certain point in time, know that it's probably going to end. And that's okay. Like, breakups and all of that shit is a natural, normal occurrence in life. Right. But love is, is a fake construct, which I thought was a really interesting way to say it. Well, and when she brought up that her friends before getting married said that, they also had to come to the conclusion of being okay that at one point they might be getting divorced. They might divorced. be getting divorced, yeah. And I thought that was huge, too, mm-hmm. because especially for generational, it's, it wasn't an option, like, for grandparents. And it wasn't an option for, you know, it was right. just not thought of for certain people. And nowadays it's more, 
just coming to the conclusion that it's like, hey, we're getting married and we may be staying forever, but things change. Right. And we have to be okay with the fact that if we're getting married, yeah, we could be getting divorced too. And that was interesting. So here's what she says about that whole changing in love and dating relationships. Society is on the edge of something new and radical in the way that relationships are organized, but it feels impossible to see how it's going to resolve itself. What's the normal way to act in relationships and how to be happy at all? It's becoming more and more clear that we don't have a we don't have to plan our lives as a road towards marriage. Which makes sense. And I think it's great, especially for your generation and <laughs> beyond, um, to really not have to be, I think, boggled down by all of this other shit of like, you gotta get married and yes. you gotta have kids and you gotta do this and you gotta do that. There's always fucking, the next step. You know, live your life and do what you're doing and Yes, you're going to fall in love, and yes, you're going to be heartbroken, and yeah, you might have kids, and yeah, you might be co-parenting, and yeah, you might end up in a stable-ish relationship, but all of those things are fluid. They can happen. They can change. You don't know in an instant something can happen, and it completely changes the course of everything. So I think kind of going down a blind path in this respect is, is useful, but she does mention the fact that, like, our culture and pop culture basically dictates the path that we go on. Right. The movies that we watch, the books that we read, the music we consume, all of those things kind of lay out a false path, I guess you could say, for us to go down. So, like, we've talked about it all the time, obviously, on this podcast of, like, everything in pop culture has ruined us. <laughs> right. For relationships. Well, because even though we are changing and even though it's, it's, not, just changing. it's not changing, right. like it's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, like Ellen DeGeneres. And this was like probably 10, 15 years ago that she had a comedy bit where when you're trying to tell someone to roll down the window, you still do this. Still yeah, do the motion. You still just roll like, it down. You don't do this. Right. You don't just press down on a button because like, no <laughs> one's going to fucking understand that, you know? Mm-hmm. And... That's kind of where I feel it is. Even We're like, still, like movies. when we talk about phones, we like do, you know, when <laughs> no one uses a phone with a handle and he, you know what I mean? Like, we don't do that anymore. Our phones are like a fucking a hand, just a hand. brick that you put up to your face <laughs> and then you just look ridiculous. So, but it's the motion. And so that's where I think it, like, metaphorically wise, mm-hmm. I feel like that's sort of what it is, where it's, at, this is how people know it as. It's easier. To show it like that. And that's why maybe more movies that are slowly coming out that's showing that little shift. Mm -hmm. People are saying, hey, wow, look at that. That's different. It's such a great movie. But it's not the big hurrah, like making the billions and billions of dollars because people still want to use the one motion. (laughs) Universal knowledge of this is to roll down your window. Even though I don't even know if I know anybody who has that in their car anymore. I mean, my old Jeep did. Yes, it did. And that was from 1999, and then it died, so I had to get yeah, it. Thank God. So, <laughs> hey, I miss my Jeep every day, and I've been thinking about trading in my car. But that's another topic. Okay, so back on real things. So she does kind of talk about these the origins of where, like, that rom com you know, Pride and Prejudice, Pride and Prejudice-y things came from. Um, she said that... Uh, the writer Kate Bullock writes in Spinster that in the olden days, girls would stay hidden until age 18, then get engaged within a year of debuting in society. And that one year was ex- essentially the most exciting year of a woman's life. It's also the stage of romance we see most often depicted in fairy tales, mm-hmm. rom-coms, Jane Austen novels. 
and rom-coms loosely based on Jane Austen novels. Two people meet, flirt, and in the final scene decide that they're both explicitly into one another. So right. that's, you know, it, it, yeah, I just, it's a lot of pressure. It's, it's a lot. Like these poor girls back in the day, they're like, ah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were spinsters and then thornbacks, which I yeah. take to the grave. I love. It's just those sorts of, and now, and now that we're changing, I think that's where also the disconnect in is maybe the reason why I don't want to date. I enjoyed the fact that she said, no, I don't online date. Oh, me, yeah. I was like, I was like yay. Like, wow, you're finding a lot of people to kiss by not doing that. That's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, well, she's a comedian, so she's out there it's in true, the She's out there all the time. But yeah. we're doing the do, <laughs> we're doing the do nothing aspect of what she wrote about, where it's like, it's just not going to magically fucking knock on the no. door one day, right? No, yeah, right. You have but to be in it to win it. <laughs> but it's still interesting that, like, when she started going through details of, like, what dating actually means. Is it a date? If you're just making out with someone, if you like that hardness of, and I do remember other people who were going on it being like, what is this defining? I was like, Mm -hmm. well, you met on fucking Tinder. It's a date. Like, yeah, but like, we didn't really do anything. And I guess, and I'm like, it was a fucking date. Like, that's what you did. You're meeting up. Apparently it's a lot more. Well, again, this part is not in my, um, wheelhouse because I'm not a millennial so this part is different for me than I guess it would be for you and she's younger than you and she's people younger, younger than, yes. than this so um, is it the fact that like because of the internet and the accessibility of dating the universe that people are just kind of like eh you know whatever all the time I don't know I don't know I honestly don't know I, I know a lot of people who but I think that they're very blunt or more open I should say Mm -hmm. about the fact that they're like no it was a date because like we say that it is like okay you're taking me to drinks like that's right we're on a date but isn't that now what they call hanging out or meeting there is apparently one of the newest things micro dating years ago was like when we both worked at the same place together so this is 2013 it was the group hang I thought you were going to say 20 years ago oh my god Not there yet. But it was the group hang where it was people didn't go on individual dates. Instead, it was. Oh, yeah. You were kind of doing that a lot back then. I wasn't. I was seeing it because I was trying to go on dates. Like, I was like, oh, I'll I'll try to go on dates. Within your core group of people, you all were hanging out together and there were some romantic pairings. I'm not wrong. I, I just can't remember it then. But I was thinking more of it was the group date where it was like. We're all doing this together, but they were purposefully paired mm-hmm. as dates. Mm-hmm. And that, I was like, we weren't purposely paired as dates to mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. maybe that's why she's talking about it like this. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of that, I was like, wow, that is a lot of who the fuck it knows it, what's it, shit happening. And I Ooh, guess. What now? <laughs> I, I just, a lot of that to me where she's just like, let's, I mean, she literally had how many definitions of how to flirt. Sure, yeah. How many definitions of how to what dating looked like, what it meant, how it could be, anything of that. And then in the same breath, that was also interesting on the back end of things where she's talking about with, because uh, she's like, I also only like the beginning of relationships. Right. And, you know, maybe that's the reason why I don't necessarily have a boyfriend, mm-hmm. which is fine. But then when she would hook up with these other guys, 
and how they would constantly be telling her, like, I'm not looking for a relationship. She's like, she's like, either, bro. (laughs) But they didn't believe her. Because a lot of women say that. A lot of women say that, but also the entire front end of the book, I was like, I would think that too. I feel like I would have to constantly remind you because you're having a billion crushed it. Sure. Right. But they don't know her backstory in terms of those sorts of things. I know, she seems pretty open. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she's like, you know what? I have a question you. I'm putting it in my spreadsheet. <laughs> she says she does. <laughs> but the point being where I get the aspect of her being like, if I'm telling you I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh-huh. But I also see the opposite side of it where it's like, yeah, but also seeing as you seem to be constantly telling people about crushes and where it is and where it's going and how it's working and right. that whole shabam. Well, and we've done this before. Like when we talked about Tinder and we watched that hooking up yes. show Which is, where again, really... women say a lot of these things because it's what you should say, right? Like, right. You've got to pretend to do these the things. chill. Yeah, pretending to be chill. Yep. So you got to act chill in order to make them think, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, she's cool. She's she's with it. But in the meantime, like, that's just not, I don't believe how we're hooked up. Like, we are kind of like, we want to be in certain things a lot of the time. And no shade, there's women who are like, nah, I want to fuck you. And that's all I want to do oh, tonight. Yeah, and that's great. And that's 100% fine. But I think that that's just guys first lean to. Like, that's just where they are. They're not even thinking about anything else other than, like, fucking you or doing whatever with you and being like, okay, swipe into the next one. Swipe into the next one. Right. Whereas at least we may want to keep you on a bench. You know? <laughs> we might, a bench warmer. We might want to build a roster so that we, you know, have Who's some... Who's up to bet next? Have some go-to people that, you know, we know we're going to have a good time with, that we trust... At mm-hmm. least that they're healthy, et cetera. You know what I mean? There's certain aspects of it right. where, you know, I think we just kind of tend to try to keep it a little bit more centralized, I think. At least that's my thinking on it. Right. You can have a different opinion. Well, I, th- I think the major difference, again, between Blythe and I is that she's 27, at least when she was writing the book. Mm-hmm. That's the age when people start getting actually married. Mm-hmm. What's her, like... Another reason why I think it's easier for her to find all these friends is because right now, like, I was telling my roommate, because not just about this book, but we had been talking with another woman, and she was talking about how she had a boyfriend or something, and then she's like, are you guys dating? And she was like, ah, and I was like, nope. (laughs) And she's like, why not? And I was like, it's really hard to explain, but I kind of just hate men right now. And I don't think they'd want to be dating me right now. And I think that's just fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're like super into a woman hating them. That's a whole other thing. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And, but I think it's also more difficult. Like I'm at that age where a lot of people my age and the friends that I know, they aren't necessarily single. Most of them are now married or at least in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little different and I think that in a few years I'll get into the divorced <laughs> that's when everybody's getting then you'll be back to hanging out and having that freedom fun time <laughs> that's saying that my friends are getting divorced Sarah, Jesse, you're in it for the long run <laughs> or Jim and Ben you're in it for the long run so those sorts of things where I think that there is that age gap it's weird to think like in my head I, I had gotten like I was 32 and yeah. I was like oh but that is five years mm-hmm. and that is a huge difference of a time yeah in reading it there's a lot of things that i did when i was around this age that 
I was like, oh, yeah, I did those yeah. things. I did that. I did this. That'd I did sense. that. I was like, oh, that's, I felt kind of cool. Also, <laughs> wow. change. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, clearly, shit just continues to perpetuate itself, I believe, also because of our pop culture yes. and how it dictates our lives. But um, just the fact that going, talking about the social media aspect of things mm-hmm. of like, there's the difference between, you know, oh, he liked to tweet right now versus like, oh, 30 minutes later, he liked something yeah. from like six months ago. The games. What? And then the text messaging. How long? How different? How did it? It's like, oh my God, this is why I don't. <laughs> like there's so much in fucking involved. I don't give a shit. Back in my day, it was very funny because I did highlight when she was like, <laughs> I just learned about this thing called talking to you, which made me laugh because I was like... <laughs> Bitch, everybody been talking to everybody for God knows millennia, like since the dawn of time. That's what it's called. It's yeah. called talking to. So I was like, aww, it's cute that she didn't know what that was. Everything comes back, though. People didn't use that term for a long time, and then it came back. People, I've never not heard talking to. I mean, maybe it's just a, a an urban thing. I'm not sure. But, yes, we would be talking to people all the time and talking to in quotes, you know, like, you know, Oh, yeah, I'm talking to this guy. Talking to this right guy, now. talking to this guy, talking to this one, talking to that one, doing all those sorts of things. But it made me laugh because it's like, well, today's texting is yesterday's phone calls, right? So I can't imagine because it would make me tired to have to do this and I'd just fucking pick up the phone mm-hmm. and I know that I would be considered a sociopath to do that today. Nah. But it's like we used to talk on the phone with people for hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours. That's, you know, me and white one on the phone for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours talking to each other. Granted, I still couldn't figure out that he had a drinking problem (laughs) over the phone. But either way, we, you know, developed a relationship and a connection in that way. To me, it's different. I can't imagine having a text relationship with someone because I feel like you miss a lot of nuances by hearing voice. That was something I completely disagreed with her on. When she was talking about language mm-hmm. and barths and she was saying mm-hmm. language, you need to, she's like, I get it. But also, text is language. And why is that? I'm like, no, 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 no. Barths was not saying to me, to be fair, I didn't read the book. But from the quotes, uh-huh. it had nothing to do with saying writing notes to each other and getting back at different hours. Mm-hmm. He was talking about, you fucking sit down with someone. talk because yes there is a difference when i send a text message versus me being able to see your facial expression right or even my hear the hear the tone of my voice my phone thing again (laughs) or even to just hear somebody (laughs) (laughs) you can send a text i've sent text messages before that mean literally nothing Mm -hmm. where it's just been yeah okay and then like are you okay? Is everything fine? Did you meet? And I was like, I was literally just Exactly. Okay. You don't get nuance. You don't get any sort of subtext or what this person is actually trying to say to you because you're just, it's words mm-hmm. on a page. And unless there's something that says, she said sarcastically afterwards or sad, you know what I mean? Right. There's nothing to indicate or prompt you to know what that person is feeling or how they are what they're meaning to say and how they're meaning to say it. So that was kind of something that I didn't 100%. And I would say, too, I've actually gotten to be more talking on the phone than texting. Like, I have a friend, like my friend Ashley. Mm-hmm. We talk to each other at least twice a week now mm-hmm. or maybe an hour or longer. Typically, I call my mom or my dad once or twice a week. I try to do that more often because, I don't know, like you said, it's just easier 
To me, it's, it's easier. So much easier. It's just <laughs> easier. I I know I'm an outlier in this regard. But I also would say that like I get irritated with texting. I feel like I'm yeah. supposed to be sitting there waiting for texts. Mm-hmm. Like I got shit to do. And that yeah. happened before where I met someone. We had made out the night before, and then the next day, like he was texting and texting and texting. And finally, I just was like. I have to go do something, so I'm just kind of, like, not going to text anymore. I hope that's cool. Because I was like, I want him to stop. Like, he kept – that's how – which she brings up again. If they're trying to continue the conversation, that means they're into you. Sure. But also, I was like, I just can't. And then maybe I'm texting wrong. Maybe it's supposed to be the point is that you wait the two or three hours. But then she also says – Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. And so it's like, is what – I mean, he seemed chill and cool about it when he's finally like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. But, like, also, I was like, I'm hanging out with my roommate. We're talking. This is why you have phone conversations. Because of all of this shit that you're just like, I don't know what I I mean. What do you mean? What's going on? I don't get it. And a lot of people would have been like, you were an asshole for ending that conversation with someone. I was like, we were texting for, like, 20 to 30 minutes. I feel like that was ample. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to sit here just going and trying to get inside. No, I got to respond. No, okay. Maybe it's because I also wasn't that into him. But also, I just. Oh, poor guy. He's over it, I'm sure. It's nebulous. No. Right. You're just figuring all these things out, and we're all continuing to figure these things out. We never, ever, ever, ever know. We don't, there's no manual, there's no rules, there's no guidebooks for any of this stuff. We just have to do what's best for us. And I think that that's a hard thing to kind of keep in, keep in the forefront of your mind to say, this is what's best for me. This is what works for me. She had like a, a little section about deal breakers and, and what hmm. that means and really sticking to what they are, even as a younger person, making sure that, you know, hey, if you, I don't know, voted for a certain individual, that we might have different issues. You know what I mean? Like if that's your deal breaker, then that's your deal breaker. If they don't treat their mamas right, if they kick dogs, I mean, who know, you, you have to make sure that you can, but being, making sure that you adhere to your deal breakers and don't say, well, you know, which is what oh, a lot of a us lot of do, yes. is that we go, well, I mean, is that like the, the worst thing? There's another dude around the corner or a woman around the corner, a person around the corner. You literally can swipe and find the next thing these days. So, Which I wish more people and myself included were more like Blythe being like, eh, everybody's hot. Right. I was like, oh, oh man, wow. I want that lens. Nope. <laughs> you don't want that lens? No, that's I mean, too much work. <laughs> I appreciated her um, advice on having multiple crushes because I being obsessed with one person is ridiculous. Well, and, it's, and it just is really time consuming and it wrecks your whole world. It is. And have been there I've had Mm -hmm. the intense crush of like but I want to be with that person Mm -hmm. but I've also done the like I have like two crushes right now and they're just random people and it is so much more fun when it's like oh it's just the guy at the coffee shop and I see him every once in a Mm -hmm. while and I go in and it's like oh he's just cute and then other people will say well why aren't you doing something I'm like because I'm not actually right I'm not trying to get with it it's (laughs) just that's cute he's a cutie and he's fun and it's fun every once in a while to have a little bit of banter and him to give me my sparkling green tea and then me to move along my way it's just fun because then you feel validated about yourself yeah yeah I am like oh cool I feel good today I can hold my head up a little higher which is really sad validation (laughs) of your hotness push my boobs up a little more forward (laughs) keep it pressing (laughs) which again 
this is what I think I will most take away from this book. And I've been thinking recently because I started rewatching The Good Place, which I don't know if you've ever watched before. No, I've watched a couple of early episodes, but I'm not a fan like or Stan and a fan like you. <laughs> right. So Eleanor, the main character, mm-hmm. very frequently throughout all of the episodes is always like, I'm a straight up hottie. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> so I was rewatching. I was like, oh, I want to like embrace that and just say that all the fucking time until I fucking believe it. Right. And then I was like, oh, I love that about Blythe. Yeah. That, like all the time she's like, I mean, because I'm super hot. Who wouldn't want to make out with this? I'm like, I know, right? Isn't that nice? It's very refreshing. It's sweet. It is. And one day I will be there. Because I'm going to do what you said. Keep telling yourself. (laughs) That's what you just literally said before that. So, yeah. Why not? So, yep. I'm just going to keep saying it. And it's going to happen. Okay. So, let's talk about this two-person rule thing that she writes about from um, a writer... Allie Jones from Gawker, she said there's a guideline that she has when it comes to dating, and it's like you get two questions, and if the other person doesn't engage with you and ask you a question after that, you need to leave them the hell alone. And I agree with that full-heartedly. So what would your two questions be? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess it would depend on the situation. Like, if it ended up being where he was cute and he was reading a book that I wanted to sure. like, get into, then I would automatically. Then I would immediately be like, hey, is that what you would like I really wanted to and then I'll probably do a follow-up question to be like what else have you read that's like similar to this mm-hmm. and then if it actually turned into if something if they asked you about oh, books because if they ask, the question is I know it's a call and response oh yeah if they ask me it always depends on what it is and that was the part that I was like I'm not fully into I know that she made it more towards men because I'm usually irritated when people like if I'm in the middle of a book and I'm reading yeah I don't want people to interrupt me while I'm doing something like when someone's like (laughs) if they're just sitting at you know a coffee shop and they're just reading a book like they're they're game and I was like no sometimes like we just do that I've never had anybody approach me anywhere so whatever (laughs) I got a lot on the bus so, like, when we both worked at that same mm-hmm. location downtown and I was on the bus back and forth because it was more convenient and less money, I was able to read a lot. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. like, 20 to 25 minutes of free time. Sure. Nice. So, I would get that I a lot. That. So, <laughs> that's where I would kind of get, because it was, like, this was me time. I took that as a decompression sure. of me time. And so, when someone would interrupt that, depending on my day, even mm-hmm. especially, where it's like, if I had a really long fucking day and I just wanted to, like, zone, zone out, out and do my thing, and all of a sudden some guy is like, take out your earbuds so I can talk to you. And I'm like, unless this is, do I have an extra 25 cents to give you to pay for bus fare? Or, like, Damn. to be like, hey, do you mind pulling the thing for the bus thing? I'm kind of like, what? What else do you need from me right now? What is it? Leave me And sometimes it's a random whatever. They're just like, oh, isn't the day just nice today? And I'm like, uh-huh. Put my earbud back in. If they ask me again, then I'm just even form up. Like, because it, to me, is a full, wide world known thing of if you've got earbuds in your ear. Leave me be. Leave me be. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to talk. Well, no one's looking to talk. Everybody has earbuds in their ears 24-7 nowadays. even more known. So that no one's going to talk to anybody now anymore ever. That's fine. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when I was in college, I used to purposely, like, sometimes my iPod would be dead. Mm -hmm. But I would still put my Mm -hmm. earbuds in because I was like, I just don't want people to. Yeah, I do that at work all the time. They're like, oh, are you on the phone? I'm like, no. Listening to fucking podcasts. What you want? (laughs) Watching Colbert, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fuck. So 
are you looking for what would the two questions be if someone were trying to ask me something or just that I would ask them? Well, what would the, I mean, like, if you could ask the two questions, what would your two questions be? Like, yeah, it's two situations. Did you vote for a for trust? Well, I mean, like, if it came, like, if I was sitting at a date or trying to figure out if I like someone, the first one would be, like, if it was going to be dating. Yeah, my first one would be Trump. I was literally walking my dog the other day and I was like, <laughs> oh, man, if I had to ask a question about something, the first one would be, like, Trump. And then both, maybe it's not a deal breaker. But and I was like, maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe it'd be like, did you vote for Trump? And then I would say, do you still support Trump? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the first question, if they said yes, I wouldn't be dating you, period. But then it would be like, can we even like be in the same vicinity right now? Because <laughs> if you still support, then I'd be like, you have a day. It wouldn't even be a good day. It would just be like, you have a day. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> no love light. <laughs> just have a day. Love and light to you. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so okay let's, what would yours two be like? i don't know you're right it is situational but i guess like you do give someone two questions you're like okay you know what do you do for work what do you do for work you know even though that's a stupid those are stupid questions to ask but that, it, well and i think that there's a difference between the two questions of trying to initiate a conversation mm-hmm versus the two questions of you're already in a date situation because well, if you're already sure. sitting down getting to know each other. But even still, if you have to pull, I have been in situations where you're literally like, and so yes, and what about oh, yeah. So for me, it's blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, men never ask you questions. Right. And I that's fucking a hate it. problem. Oh, it's a huge fucking problem. And that's why you only get two and then you're out. Like, okay, well. Oh, yeah. This going to be short. No, me and my roommate have been trying to find Maybe a third. it's four questions because you got to finish that cocktail that you had you or go. your coffee. <laughs> but me and my roommate right now are looking for a third roommate. And every time it's a guy, they never ask questions. They want to talk about themselves all day. And they won't let you get a word in edgewise. And then they sit and then they wait for you to ask another question. It's like, do you you want to know anything about us? Because we're going to be living there too, you know. Do you want to know about this place in the neighborhood or, you know. <laughs> or do you just want to sit here and talk about how you and your girlfriend broke up and who gets the dog? <laughs> no, that dog can't come and live here. Sorry. Like, no, that's Why not true. It? Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how the dog's actually Depends on the dog. I've said it for the joke. So it is. It's very situational. And, right. Yeah. I just... I don't know. You haven't actually said whether or not you enjoyed the book or how easy of a read it was. Um, I mean, I liked parts of the book. The end of the book, I had a real issue with because I was like, we're not even talking about anything that makes that is related to what you talked about in the beginning of the book. It's like the last probably like, I don't know how many chapters, but when she's talking about like herself and what it those sorts of things being a writer and being an artist and all of that kind of stuff at toward at the end i was just kind of like okay well this doesn't mean a goddamn thing <laughs> and i think to interrupt super quick how i read it was that she was going through the different stages of relationships and then i think she had because there was the flirting yeah. there's the dating there's the actually being in a relationship which mm-hmm. she's never been in one before and then being single, and then yeah, the making art and stuff. Right. Came so in at the, the making very end. art. So I think part, those are like miscellaneous that I couldn't put in. Right. The making <laughs> art part, I was like, oh, this doesn't mean anything. So cool, whatever. I think it should because you. I don't think you consider yourself an artist. For me, I liked it because I was. Like, I even highlighted. I was like, ooh, I need to read that book. Right. <laughs> I. You know, not everybody's an artist is what I'm trying to say. Right. I think they are. So we're. You know, it's specific. 
race. It's pretty cool. I highlighted some little statements that she made about like Lady Gaga saying some things. Oh, yeah. And, and stuff like that. But overall, it was kind of like, okay, come on. <laughs> gotta finish this because I gotta get to the I next know, one. that's kind of where I was at too. <laughs> I did highlight one of the better quotes that I had about Siskel and Ebert, like what Ebert said about the movie The Ringer, which was it's about three people who toy with the idea of love but are obsessed by the idea of making television. Mm-hmm. And that James L. Brooks is one of the only directors who knows that some people have higher priorities than love and deeper fears. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's something I can appreciate. And I think that that's the page that I feel I'm on. Mm-hmm. Where, because a lot of people, I think they do have that whole, like, this is more important. Sure. Or, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, for me, it's kind of a side quest. <laughs> You don't have to. You don't so, have to do it over here to finish video the game. game. Yeah, speak. you don't. You don't have to do the romance option to finish the game. It's just it's there if you think it's cool. So I did highlight something where she was talking about movies, and she did mention Love Actually. I know. I saw that too. I laughed though. And Orlando Bloom. She mentioned. I know. There was a lot. I was like, Oh my god. Oh my god. She's like, I literally get health care. To know what Orlando Bloom is doing in his relationships. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I was like, oh, you guys would be super best friends because she also feels that it's problematic. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> Another quote that I did enjoy too is she was talking about how love doesn't make you a full tree. Full tree is what they her family uses to. Uh, consider someone a self-actualized person. Right. And also because a lot of people assume that in order to do that, you need to have a family and kids. Right. And And she was talking about being single, Mm -hmm. saying, no, you can be a self-actualized Right, right. She's like, could I be more happier, a fuller tree, if I had a boyfriend? It's like, no. No. And I loved when she said, but falling in love doesn't validate you as a full tree. And it doesn't mean, oh, my God, now I finally know what it is to be a tree. Like, you're always a tree. Like, it's fine. So you don't need to be in love to count as a human. You already are a human. You're existing. If anything is special in the world, it's you. Some women choose to follow men and some women choose to follow their dreams. If you're wondering which way to go, remember that your career will never wake up and tell you that they don't love you anymore, which is also kind of debatable, I guess. It is debatable because one day I woke up and found out that my career was over because my company closed. So, <laughs> yeah. But maybe she's talking more in a general sense of well, your company closed. Well, she's talking about being an artist right. and being a writer and doing all those sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, if your life's bread and your work <laughs> is, you know, making money and trying to pay your bills... <laughs> And you wake up and you find out you ain't got no job. That's a different problem. Kind of yeah. you. It does wake you. do wake up and it's like, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> Don't come no, in today. They're breaking up with you. Yeah, that's what I said. They're, I'm breaking up with you. Job. I'm breaking. I'm the job. Oh, I thought I'm the job breaking, breaking up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Overall, I think the, I, I liked aspects of the book. Like I said, I was like the, when you least expect it was like, I was like, thank you. Fuck everybody oh, yeah. who keeps telling me when you least expect. I'm like, no, that's not how not it true. fucking yeah. works. What stop telling say? me to stop thinking stop, about it. Stop being desperate or you look desperate. Right. When you, <laughs> that's what they're trying to tell you. Right. Look less desperate. <laughs> and it's just, that's not how it works. And I kept thinking over and over how my old boss, used to constantly say things like, you need to let the other person feel important. Do you have to like, mm-hmm. those sorts of, and it's just like, that's not how it, like, stop. Yeah. Yeah, I get that from my mom all the time. The, 
And you least expect that that's when it happened when I met your father. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's always happening when you least expect it. I think there's very few people that I know, and I do know people who have literally picked a man out of a crowd and said, I am going to marry him. Wow. And they did. That's great. But that's few and far between. Sure. And I'd say genuinely it's when you least expect it because most of the time people are thinking like Blythe here who are going through the crazy of is it, is it, is it not, is it, mm-hmm. and then when it happens you're just kind of like, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. Because you're thinking too hard and it's a little too much yeah. and of course. The other one too was will they, won't they, oh. which ugh, that was my whole white two experience. I was just like, <laughs> fuck all this. And then the other part that she did mention, too, was, like, don't waste your time analyzing someone's text or whatever. Oh, right. Because I I have a whole sequence of chats that I still want to make into a book that says, (laughs) is he into me or is he not into me for that particular reason? was just, like, I would bring these things home and be like, okay, so what does this mean? And, you know, have my friends try to decipher man code and I'm going to use talking is better. Quotes. You know, that's chats. That's not even a fucking text. But I'm just saying, <laughs> when you're writing, again, sure. people think, I mean, yes. Well, this person wasn't even honest communicating. Okay. So. I'm not even just saying that, though. I'm just saying, in general, people always say that it's easier to write out, to say what it is. I'm like, to a point, Yes. It is much easier to curate. You don't have to backtrack. Uh-huh. You don't. You can read something several billion times before sending it. But at the end of the day, you don't know how you're saying it, what you're saying. Like, and even, but again, in this particular case, when they would say it, they still wouldn't say it. Oh yeah. So they still weren't being honest. Oh yeah. Well, in your case, that was a completely different scenario. Yeah. I'm talking about like sometimes I would get so irritated through a text or something that I couldn't respond politely like I, I i very frequently think of bambi and the uh little rabbit saying if you don't Thunder. have something nice to say then you don't say it at all mm-hmm. and so then i just put a fucking rainbow emoji i'm like fine nope, <laughs> things are fine rainbows and i'm sure on there and they're like okay she's fine and i'm like because i don't want them to know that it's like kind of fuck you just know the fact that you're supposed to fix it or know the fact that like I just complained a bunch to you, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like, whatever. Okay, well, do you need anything else? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I just told you. Cool, rainbows. <laughs> I'll take care of it. <laughs> you know, I've done that, which I'm sure is considered passion aggression. Passive. Passive. Mm-hmm. Well, passion aggression. I do like to. It's a passion of aggression. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the passion of aggression. That's a movie. All right. Any final thoughts? I can't think of anything else. I think I've said what I've said. I'm curious for you. So did this help you? Are you? Well, I mean, she more, doesn't have the problem I have. I, but <laughs> it's how to date men when you hate men. Granted, I really didn't get a lot of that in this book. I don't know if you felt the same way. Because I guess I live with you. So so the hate is stronger within you, young Padawan, <laughs> than uh, <laughs> maybe Blythe. <laughs> so I just didn't know, like, if this was bringing you, making you be like, huh, okay, like, maybe I could try, there might be another way around it, or I could, you know, maybe there was something that you could gleam or glom onto in it, or find a different book to read, or something like that, that might help you on your way to hating less. 
Well, what was most interesting to me is because I kept thinking, like, maybe I'm taking it too seriously. Mm. And I was like, no, don't invalidate yourself there. It's fine. But I also thought it was interesting because she's read a lot more books. She oh, she does quotes, research. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot more research, especially on things like rape and death of mm-hmm. women. And yet she still somehow is like, let's go into it. Because I do. I have, and I've always had that harder difficulty separating my no, this is fucking important. Mm -hmm. And she does say very well throughout her book Mm -hmm. stating that, you know, if someone is this way, like I learned pretty early on that it's like, "Mm, nope, you got to go. Right. So it's not like she's still making out with the people who Who are doing these things. Right. Oh, well, maybe by accident. Maybe by accident. And once she realizes she's out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, I just do, I hold that grudge or I hold that like, I just, I hold memories, mm-hmm. and I think I'm not going to let that happen to me again. Okay. You know, like, my, my trust in men really broke a few years ago, and so maybe for me, it's a little more that I'd have to walk through that more, but a lot of it is, I'm like, if he doesn't understand, then what type of man would? Okay. And mm-hmm. I think that that's more common. If he what who? My brother. Okay. And maybe he doesn't understand a little bit more, but I also was at a point that even at the point that he apologized through an email, which is what I was essentially looking for, like, mm-hmm. but I was, I was telling mm-hmm. uh, my therapist, our therapist, um, and I was like, like, I got it, but I don't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I, I just, like, I still feel nothing. And she's like, well, that's fine. Like, you got it. And why do you need to respond? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when people kind of say that sort of thing, like, it's a good person thing to, like, mm-hmm. respond. Like, you just say, like, cool things. Or Noted. <laughs> right. Like, I got it. Saw it. It's cool. Receive. <laughs> and she was like, no. Like, you can just walk away. Do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And so, like, I sat in that for a while. Mm-hmm. And I never did respond. And it still took a little longer for me to even want to be in the same room. Mm -hmm. But, like, also, I've, like, while I kind of got through that and now I feel, like, better Mm -hmm. and I feel like we can be in the same room where we can have a conversation and we can, like, I wouldn't say necessarily repair, but I would say definitely, like, I can be cordial and fine and we can make a joke Mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing. I think that it's still there that it's, like, I'm never trusting a guy like that ever again. Like, I just, I can't. Mm -hmm. It's too much. Like, I just, there's... I think it's because I think of statistics logically wise of like how that happens to women. I think of other people when they talk about their relationships, although whether they're healthy or not, I mean, that's, they only know what truly goes on in their relationships. But I just think of those things and all I can think about every single time I even think about dating is I was like, I have enough shit on my plate right now Mm -hmm. that I don't want to invest, you know? And I just, I have like, it's finally, my life is finally getting at a better point right now and I feel adding that element would really fuck things up if that makes sense Mm -hmm. do you think you'll ever date men I don't know while you hate men I don't know and and that's the thing like I said again like what I'd say the one thing that I did get from this is again I'm like I want to think that way too I want to think of myself as amazing and hot Mm -hmm. and like who wouldn't want to be with me kind of thing so that's what one thing that I will take away from it and I think maybe that could help. If you start to feel better about you. If I feel more confident, confident in myself because I feel like that would not allow that situation to come near me okay. ever again. Because you'd walk away from it. 
because it'd be easier for me to walk away from it, to see the signs of it. And I mean, that's just setting up for failure anyway, because it's not like those types of situations. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like it can happen to fucking anybody at any point in time. Right. That's wherein I'm kind of like, I just don't know. I just, right now, no. Okay. I say, and who's to say in a year or two? And who's to say, you know, because a lot of trust was broken. Mm -hmm. Not just with him, with my brother, but also like even with my father. Right. So, and then that like, fucks you up when you're like oh shit wow okay like that was the foundation of my everything now what right (laughs) so it's just rebuilding that kind of stuff up whether or not I want to and more I'd say I'm focusing more on building myself up so then that way maybe in the future I ever would but maybe when you least expect it (laughs) (laughs) so we're still TBD and we're still working on it we're still under construction did you get anything out of it for that respect do you feel anything that you're just like well I don't make you more tired again it just makes well all of it like her love of kissing boys makes me exhausted but um I mean I don't because she's really good at it yes yeah she's great (laughs) she's most amazing uh I don't there were some things that she was mentioning about joy in finding love that I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, but it doesn't, but in terms of saying like, love does not equate joy. You don't need to be in love for joy to come to you and be something that's a part of your life. Like that can, you can find joy in a lot of other things, not just that. And different kinds of love, I guess. Well, and she says to feel joyful about love, you have to feel you've opted into it. Not that you've been forced to participate in it through your decision to be born. So, and I think that was a huge part of how I felt, too. You know, it's just like, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean that I have to do these things in the same way. And, you know, things didn't, don't work out in the way that, you know, the movies and, right. you know, society has dictated and planned, right? So you've got to figure things out on your own and in a different way. As we keep trying to reiterate here, it's okay to do those sorts of things. It's okay to be the person that you are. To be a person who's seeking to continue to try to grow and to and to better yourself, how whatever that looks like, you will find your joy in those sorts of things. And for me, I think it's more important to love me, right? Because exactly. I, you know, when you don't, you cannot love anybody else, and that's just one hundred percent facts. I think it's facts unless you pop out a kid, and then you have to love them because, like, you you know are obligated to take care of them. So. Right, but also I feel I'm adding on to what you're saying because I feel there's so many more women, maybe I would say, maybe some men as well, but sure. more women feel that in order to validate themselves, they have to, to have, have a man loving love them. them. Yes. And that's wherein I think a lot of it, because I find a lot of irritation in that, because I see it in so many oh, of it my happened. friends. Yeah, it manifests itself in a lot of different uh, ways. And it's just like, you don't need to do that to love. Right. You do know that, right? You like, can validate yourself. You can it's say all good. what's up. Or even just like a friend. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Lots of people love you. There's mm-hmm. other things, and there's different ways to go about but. And I, and I think that they just, for whatever reason, and maybe they don't even see it that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't even realize that it's like, oh, you're trying to get someone else to validate your existence. And it's nice sometimes. Mm-hmm. You kind of mentioned it before, saying like, yeah, flirting can be a really good way to self get self-esteem. Mm-hmm. But I see that a lot. I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't as irritated with Blythe is because as she was talking about the, all this, because I think I've mentioned it once before on this podcast, like I don't actually talk about love that much, mm-hmm. I feel. Like, usually when I'm going out and about, we don't talk about relationships or necessarily. Right. It's kind of like everything else. This but, is where we kind of talk about it. Right. So what was nice about that was that in the next sentence as well, where she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about this. I'm doing all this. 
she in the next sentence will say, also, I don't need you. Right. Like, it's my choice to decide to do these sorts of things. It's not necessarily me being like, I have to, but I have to. She doesn't feel that. She's just kind of like, I want to kiss boys, and that's just what's going to happen, and I don't need you. I can find someone else. Someone else will kiss me. Exactly. And I think that's what made it different. Uh, Anyway, those are my thoughts. I think that it worked. It's a good, it's a nice read. It's longer. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, a lot longer than I thought. And it was fun, littered with a lot of jokes in there. Yeah, it was a lot of timely (laughs) things that made me laugh, made me be like, oh my God, are we 27? So, um, <laughs> no, we're right. <laughs> and she loves Harry Styles. She really loves One Direction. Woo. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This should have just been like, I love One Direction. Right? <laughs> it should have been One Direction and how to love men when you kind of. Are. How to love men when you love One Direction. <laughs> there you Probably go. better. <laughs> Or I should say Harry Styles of One Direction. Oh, there you really, go. That's the only direction that she was going in. <laughs> I think you guys should check it out. I think it's an interesting read, especially if you're of the younger generation, I guess. Yeah, There's even if you're not, in it's interesting to see what the kids are thinking, how they're thinking. <laughs> or if you are legitimately just dating like crazy. Yeah. Because then it makes you feel help. validated. You know, you might be going through your second spring or whatever it is you know divorced newly broken up whatever you might <laughs> this need is what happens when a you new get way back in the dating that's how you jump back in <laughs> ah, well, man thank crazy thank you thank you thank you uh you can find us on instagram battle of podcast you can find us on twitter battle of pod feel free to give us your own thoughts maybe you have read the book or if you haven't read the book if you guys want to Text or mail Mallory, like, the fucking One Direction fucking <laughs> album or some shit or lyrics. Please do. I'm sure they're on Spotify. I can't keep doing this. It's a commitment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why would I commit to that when I can watch Parks and Rec for the 50th time? Yep. <laughs> we are never going to win a trivia contest. That's not true. I win all the time. But that's also because I have people who know more things than I do. Right. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.